This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Dave Harrigan, before I get to Charlie Weaver, what are you chuckling about? You, you are chuckling about something. What is going on? What are you up to? I honestly, I don't know what I was chuckling about. I'm trying to remember okay. what, I, what I said to Rusty. Like it's gone, mm. Chad. I don't think it was that funny. <laughs> uh, I'm worried about this uh, this interview with Charlie Weaver because we've had Charlie on many, many times. Okay, and I reached out to Dave Harrigan last night, sometime in the late afternoon, evening, and said, you know, in light of the Walls budget, let's get somebody else on. Let's get somebody else on as Republican businessman who has spoken out and also has been bipartisan on issues. He worked as the state public safety commissioner under Jesse Ventura. So we reach out to you, Charlie Weaver. Charlie Weaver is on the uh, John Schuster Coldwell Banker hotline. And then the news comes out this uh, morning that you'll retire this summer as the chief executive of the Minnesota Business Partnership after 20 years in charge. Did the thought of coming on this show again cause you to quit your job? Yes. Yeah, I just, you know, I knew somehow I was going to screw up this interview with you. And as a result, we'd probably get fired anyway. Yeah. So might as well try to head it off. I'm guessing the Minnesota Business Partnership has never heard of me, has never heard of this show. You would would have been totally fine. So I want to get to the budget and all this, but I mean, as the, the Star Tribune story points out, the business partnership members uh, include all 16 of Minnesota's Fortune 500 companies, and they gave you this great responsibility, right? And and yeah. I know you enjoyed it. Why have you decided this is the time to walk away? Well, you're right. It is uh, it is a great responsibility, but I tell you what, Chad, these that's been the great joy of my life for 20 years, and you're doing something you love. So you know when you're doing yeah. something you love, it is hard to walk away because these men and women are not only some of the best business leaders in the world when you think of some of these companies like Cargill or Best Buy or General Mills or 3M or Medtronic or Mayo Clinic. They are remarkable leaders, but you know what? They're also just terrific people who care a lot about this state. So it's been such a pleasure to work with them. And then working with my friends at the Capitol, both sides of the aisle, and this team, the team we've got here at our little seven-member office of the partnership is just the best in terms of professionals, too. So 
it is hard to walk away, but, uh, you know, after 20 years, you get a feeling it's time. It's a good time to let someone else take the reins, and we're in good shape as an organization. So time felt right. It's time to do a little little more fishing, a little more hunting, play my bad game of golf, etc. So <clears throat> your plan now is more fun and freedom versus finding another gig. Well, I don't want to quit working for sure. But, yeah, I think because uh, I love to work and I don't see myself sitting around the house or even doing the things I just mentioned full time. So I do. I do. I mean, love you're, six, you're 65, right? Yep. Yep. I mean, so that's. I love, yeah. That's an interesting age where that, people wrestle with what they they want to do. It is. And I've got I've got this genetic defect, though. My dad was in the legislature. My uncle was in the legislature. I've kind of got this genetic defect of public service, which is I love. So I'd love to continue to do something in public service. I don't want to run for office, but working on policy issues that matter with people I really like. Um, I've had opportunities. You know, board service is a possibility, working with some nonprofits, maybe some consulting. I mean, but initially, I think the best advice I've got from friends of mine who've, who've retired is just take a moment to take a, take a breath, right? You just don't know what opportunities are going to come your way. So enjoy the time, but I'm definitely not leaving work. I'm continuing. I want to continue to do some stuff and, and mix in a little fun along the way. Okay. Let's jump into the governor's budget. Again, it's the governor's proposal. They will now debate it uh, in the legislature, but again, the Democrats control the house and Senate. It is a 65.2 billion dollar budget. That is more than double of Governor Pawlenty's final budget when you were chief of staff. It is a 26% increase from the current budget. This is not fiscally normally where you reside. But when people who defend the governor say, Listen, there's a reason why people want to live here. There's a reason why education is great. There's a reason why we rank so high in health care. We have this enormous budget surplus. Let's put it back in the government and make us even better. Charlie Weaver says what? Well, I think it's important to note that of that seventeen. billion surplus. Some of it is, a lot of it, two-thirds of it is one-time money. And I think there are some really smart ways to spend that. I don't disagree with some of the things the governor's talking about, putting that one-time money into, like a a fund where we can match federal dollars to help bring companies to Minnesota, to make Minnesota a more attractive place for companies to go to. I think there's some things like early education scholarships for for kids and their parents who can't afford decent uh, educational opportunities um, for their young children. I think there are those are good examples. Investments at the University of Minnesota, you know, that are one-time investments around med tech devices or research there. The concern I think comes with the permanent spending you're talking about. I think Chad that that does get us into get us committed for years out and a 22% 26% increase is uh it's unprecedented and it's breathtaking and i think you know, we we've 
we are close with the governor. We're talking with them a lot about their proposals. Some of it, like I said, is, is worthwhile, but I think it's fair to say on a, a significant, you know, multi-billion dollar investment in K-12, you know what? We, we aren't getting what we're paying for right now, and we need to connect. If we're going to spend that kind of money, invest that kind of money in K-12, we should have some reforms. We should have some measurements. We should have some accountability because right now our kids are reading at a lower rate than Mississippi kids. That's that's embarrassing for Minnesota. So, you know, and to, to raise taxes when you've got this kind of um, money, the argument is good that you mentioned about, yeah, we, we have invested in our schools. We have invested in our infrastructure. This is a nice state, but this is also a super competitive business environment. And if we're going to attract talent to this state to support these great uh, homegrown companies we've got here, we can't be uncompetitive. And that's that's where the partnership uh, expresses concerns. If we do things, raise taxes, for example, make us more of an outlier when compared to other states who are every single day calling our our CEOs saying, hey, come on to Tennessee, come on to Alabama, come on to Texas. We'll build you a facility. Tax rate's lower. We've got a great workforce here. We can't be uncompetitive. That's kind of our major message as we work with the governor on these, on these issues. Charlie Weaver is with us. He's going to step down as chief executive of Minnesota's Business Partnership. He's been a part of politics for a long time also, chief of staff under Governor Pawlenty. Uh, state's public safety commissioner under Jesse Ventura. So the governor's team estimates that they have tax cuts in his plan that total $8 billion. Others talk about, including the Minnesota Chamber of Commerce, say that it includes $1 billion in new payroll taxes, including a metro sales area tax increase. Are you buying those two numbers? Do they seem... They seem counterintuitive, but are they also accurate? Yeah. Yeah, they are. The the payroll tax is over a billion dollars, and that's going to pay for this paid family leave proposal that the governors and legislators have teed up. And they're going to pass something, Chad, in this area. We've got some real heartburn around that, uh, but we're working with the governor and legislators to make sure that it works. It isn't just some new... Uh, benefit that we're forcing on employers that actually ends up hurting the employees because they end up with less benefits than they currently have at their at their jobs. But we're working with leaders on that. But that is the right number for the payroll tax increase. And then the metro sales tax, same thing. Um, the capital gains and motor vehicle registration tab fee increase is real. So, yeah, all those tax increases that you mentioned and others are in the bill. And that's where we worry about, are we competitive as a state? Can we be competitive and and bring talent we need to to come to Minnesota and make sure our great companies stay here? So he's still trying to give out what he's calling. And he's patting himself on the back on the Wall's chest. Mm -hmm. His way now is those whose adjusted gross income is less than 75000 should receive 1000 through an advanced income tax credit. And the couples earning less than one hundred fifty thousand should get two thousand. Philosophically, where do you stand in that? And what about the numbers that the administration has picked up? Boy, it's hard to be against it, 
Chad, when you've got a $17 billion surplus, it's hard to be against giving money back uh, to citizens of the state. So, uh, and the, and our, le- our members wouldn't have a problem with that either. Where it is, where's the cut point in terms of who gets it and who doesn't, you know, we can argue about that. I think those numbers aren't out of line in terms of where the governor has decided that money should go. This this has been a strong economy for a while, but there are people in need as well. So I wouldn't argue with, with how he structured it or the fact that he's giving some money back. I think Republicans would say, give more back. Don't spend as much. Give more back. And I think that is a legitimate argument for that, too, in whatever way you decide to deliver it. Charlie, uh, I always appreciate you coming on. Uh, even though you're stepping away, we're not going to stop reaching out to you. So uh, expect a phone call or two that. occasionally. Yeah. You and, call me uh, anytime. You got it. Thanks for coming on. All right, my friend. Take care, Chad. Charlie Weaver, uh, stepping away as chief executive officer of uh, Minnesota Business Partnership. And uh, he uh, was chief of staff under Tim Pawlenty. He was a huge part of that administration and also was uh, public safety commissioner under Jesse Ventura. We spent a fair amount of time yesterday talking about the budget. We talked with Charlie Weaver today. I'm sure we'll have Hauser on soon and it'll come up because all sorts of opinions for me, the budget is way too high. And it it didn't just happen this time. It continues to go up and I don't want to abandon schools or health, but we have to rein things in. And uh, this is just too high for me. And I'd rather see, as opposed to the checks, I'd rather see significant tax changes going forward. And I get, I get that a lot of this is COVID money. I still believe we're, we're, we're too highly taxed. Now, if we want to go after the uber wealthy, like way up there, Adam Carter money, fine. But adjusting taxes for most individuals like 300,000 and down and and making uh, tax benefits so uh, individuals are getting more of that money directly to them as opposed to one time situation i think personally that's the way the way better way to go why are you people doing this again that is just my comment and i'll explain why cuz i'm uh, i guess i'm not baffled i'm just i'm chagrined by why we are participating in this nonsense once again, and I blame mainly Jason DeRusher. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Alicia Keys, all day long. This is the biggest song, right? Just because Sean and Alicia are coming together. If if I say, give me one Alicia song, is this it for you? Well, first of all, this is Jay-Z and Sean Alicia Carter. Keys. Sean um, Carter. We're tight. I yeah, call him I, I, okay. You know, respect him. All right. Use the professional name. <laughs> is, is that unprofessional? I think yeah. it is. I think it is. Yeah. yeah. I didn't mean to be. All right. I like, he's I like got him. a professional name for a reason. Let's, okay. Let's put okay. some respect I, I was trying to act like I was tight with him. No, like, we, we all not know at all. So. <laughs> no. That's um, true. 100% true. For me, as I, as I told you earlier, Girl on Fire is the one that comes yeah. to mind for me because as a girl dad, it's the one that. I didn't even know my daughter knew the song until she asked me to play it one day, and now we just scream it out, scream it out loud in the house. But nice dad you are. Um, I mean, let's pay attention a little bit. Come on. You know what? You can't be an absolute dad if you don't pay attention. Okay. <laughs> uh, but this one, I mean, Empire State of Mind is tremendous. Yeah, it's great. Okay, uh, I spent a lot of time doing nothing or doing dumb things, and we all have got our stuff. But I just want to speak to all of you because this year we received 10,400 suggestions in a contest that we stole to name eight more of its snowplows. 10,400 of you need a friend, need a hobby, need to discover Pornhub, pickleball, cooking, sleeping, uh, housewalking, something. What are you doing by suggesting these dumb names or snowplows? <laughs> What is wrong with you people? You done? Oh, I could go on for an hour on this, but I thought I'd let you chime in because I know you have to agree with me. There is, there is, you need help. If we have 10,400 suggestions, no wonder China's kicking our butt. No wonder people are moving to other states. Come on. Governor Walls should call this an embarrassment. Walls and Jensen should come together and say they've never been so ashamed to live in the state of Minnesota. Okay, enough. Hubert Humphrey should rise from the ground and say, what the hell happened to you after I left? No, I'm not going to let you do this anymore because everything about the the contest is fantastic. Every word you have said is blasphemy. As a lover of a good dad joke, I'm looking through the list of all these finalists and I'm laughing, I'm giggling, and I'm loving the creativity. Okay. So let's hear the trip featured Alice Scooper. Okay, that's fresh. Alice, he's really relevant right now. Sleetwood Mac, they're current. 
Skull Plow, okay, that's kind of tied to the purple, I get it. Mary Tyler Moore Snow, okay, that show's been off the air for 50 years. Uh, is it Icomna, the Dakota word for blizzard? Okay, that's current. Okay, we got one. What else on the list of the lonely people who don't have friends? What are the ones that tickled your fancy, so to speak? I liked Blader Tot Hot Dish. Uh, you should like First better. All, tater, tater, tater Tot Hot Dish is horrible uh, <laughs> more lonely people who make tater tot hot dish doesn't surprise me they're a part of this uh uh al-qaeda like list that we, you're reading off of no that's not at all uh, i think i, I think it's a very creative name and it's minnesota to a t i think it's very uh, very well done i like better call salt uh, you've got Buzz there we Ice go. Clear. Oh, all of a sudden you're back on top because it's something yeah, now you there like. There we go. Current. Something you touching like. Touching something which doesn't tie to Minnesota, so it's better. It's, that's what, that's exactly what it is. If it's something that you enjoy, all of a sudden the contest that, is great. That's a great name. Yes, it all has it. to – if it caters to Chad Hartman, that's the that's only it. way you Just can get any joy. I'll let you know. Come to me and I'll let you know if it's valid. What else you got? You got any, anything else that's not dreadful? <laughs> uh, Optimus Brine. I like that one. Uh, let's see. Hippoplotamus. That's okay. Yeah. Harmon Chillabrew. I mean, I love Harmon, but Harmon was the last relevant in town in the 70s. Okay. I mean, I mean, have you had a Killabrew root beer? I have. I love it. Still relevant. It. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. Okay, I mean, the best one so far, according to you, is a show that's now off the air. But that's cool. Better Call Salt. Yeah. Better Call Salt. That's great. It just ended, and it's one of the six greatest dramas of the last 25 years. You want all six? Uh, Better Call Saul. Patriot, which is the most underrated. The Americans, which is amazing. Uh, and then the uh, the top three. The Wire, Sopranos. And Breaking Bad. So yeah, if they want to, if they want to appeal to greatness, I got it. The Hamlin faculty is saying it is time for the president to go. Former St. Paul mayor and president of the Hamlin University Faculty Council, Jim Scheibel. He's moments away here on CCO. If your day sounds like we need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through, you deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame, two more rings, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We certainly have talked about the Hamlin story frequently the last few weeks. I'm going to read. The first three graphs from the uh, trip story, which popped up late yesterday afternoon, evening. Hamlin University faculty on Tuesday overwhelmingly called for college president Fanisi Miller to resign, saying they no longer have faith in her ability to lead the institution after administrators mishandled the controversy over Islamic art and academic freedom. Jim Scheibel, who's about to join us, the former mayor of St. Paul and now president of Hamlin University Faculty Council said this to the Star Tribune. It became clear that the harm that's been done 
and the repair that has to be done, that new leadership is needed to move that forward. Mr. Scheibel is with us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Jim, thank you for coming on. Why is the current president, Fainese Miller, no longer capable of moving the university forward after what has been a significant story, a well-discussed story, and I'll say personally I didn't agree how she initially handled it. I think it was a mistake. She and the university have uh, pretty significantly backpedaled on this story. Why can't she continue her position going forward? Well, we spent a lot of time, the faculty, looking what our response should be. And and President Miller um, personally um, has many, has contributed a lot. Her relationship with students has been outstanding. Her love of athletics, her civil rights background. But we're in a crisis right now on this campus. Um, I had a couple of classes today, and you can, you can just feel it. So there's been injury um, done, um, and we need to repair that. I believe we can repair it. Um, we're the oldest university in Minnesota, great tradition. We have students that thrive, amazing faculty, great staff. But it takes uh, – we need to demonstrate. I mean, it's – the harm that's been done, we need to show and signify that um, we are rebuilding and it's a new day at Hamlin. And that's just very difficult to do um, under the leadership of President Miller right now. Okay, for individuals who say that when you're president of a university, any university, including Hamlin, you are going to face difficult decisions on a regular basis, and at times... You were going to get some wrong, but you should judge someone in total. What do you say to those folks who don't agree with this decision? And by the way, it's an overwhelming vote to remove her. It's, it's 71 of the 92 individuals like yourself who want her to leave. Yeah, well, it was actually of those who voted, it was 86% of the people. Um, and some of the faculty are administrative people. I, I don't know how they voted, but as you, the point you made, it was overwhelming. Um, and I think many people, including myself, um, you know, respect the work that she did. But this is just, you know, it's going to impact students that want to come here next year. It's going to impact the fundraising. And it's just uh, academic freedom is just sort of a cornerstone as long as well as religious freedom and inclusiveness. We've been built on those, and we need to demonstrate and work to do that healing. And she just isn't the person that's going to be able to help us heal and move forward. I think a lot of us, and I'll remind folks that Jim Scheibel's with us, president of the Hamlin University Faculty Council, on a vote to remove President Miller from her position at Hamlin. I think a lot of us... We asked her to resign. Yes. Well, yeah, you're right. But but, so what happens if she doesn't resign? Um, I guess I don't. You know, I or we don't know at this point. I know she will respond. We sent a copy to the trustees. Part of the message we wanted to send a strong message. We know the trustees are deliberating and looking and very concerned about this and. Um, you know, we, we think our 
the overwhelming vote will send a message to the trustees to take action. Um, I, I was encouraged after the meeting on Tuesday that the um, interim provost and other people in the provost office have said, let's move forward. So um, we're not going to wait. We've got to move forward. Um, um, but but if she says no, if she respectfully says no, I'm not going anywhere. What happens next? Um, we go on. But I, I, I would have great concern um, about whether we could survive another five years um, with that leadership. What do you mean by survive? Um, be an be a institution that's thriving and accepting students. You can't, you know, you need students to run a university, um, and you need donors. And I've seen emails and letters from from donors who have said, "We're not giving another penny to Hamlin." Um, so, are you saying, in your opinion, if President Fanisi Miller stays with the school? That five years from now, you question if Hamlin will be a viable university? I do, and I don't take that lightly. I mean, and what is your proof of that? I mean, it's, we have a good tradition, but you know, already we're hearing you, you can't have a strong university without students, um, and it, it's also very discouraging to faculty. Um, to have academic freedom. So we've got to rebuild. And sometimes, um, and I do believe we can rebuild. There's some who don't even believe we can do that. But I believe with the faculty, the students, and the staff, um, the goodwill of the people, um, we have a great tradition, the oldest university in Minnesota. So I think we can go on. But I didn't take that vote lightly. As I said, there's much I admire, uh, much I respect about her. But I think we're in such serious condition. I see the division um, on campus. I see the division in the community. Um, we've got to go. We have to move forward. And I don't believe we could survive um, without the funding and support and the students that we need. And I love Hamlin. Um, and I think that's why this has been so hard on us. People, the faculty, the students, staff, they really love this institution. Um, it's got a, a great liberal arts tradition in the heart of a capital city. Um, what a great location. Um, but just really concerned that we need students. Um, we need students. So let me, let me try this. Uh, and it's a variation of what I asked before, but I, I want to mm -hmm. try to be as specific as possible. Is this vote only about how the president, and I agree, I think she mishandled it, I agree with how the professor handled it. I do not think this is Islamophobia. I think there are examples of Islamophobia, sadly, frequently in St. Paul and Minneapolis across the country. I don't think this was one of them. But is this only about this, or are you and other faculty members voting about other areas of disagreement with the president and if it's not just about this and it's other areas of disagreement, what are those areas? Well, I, I mean, I do know there are some faculty who last year thought she should be replaced. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't think that's it's a little bit like being mayor. You're always going to have some people. And I think you've right, made that point today. I mean, you're not going to please everybody. You're going to people take actions that upset people. Um, 
But at the, well, was there, was there, are there one or two significant other areas when you and you're the president of this this faculty, so you know these folks mm-hmm. when you talk to them and they say, well, not just what happened with the adjunct professor, but as an example, A and B is another area where we have significant disagreement and we think she should go because of that. Because I think people are trying to understand, is it just about this or has this been building for a long time? And if it has, what what other examples can you give us? Well, I think um, some people, I may not put myself in that category, would question her ability to um, have a successful capital campaign. Um, other, um, there are some who believe that she has not been real supportive of the faculty and seen some of the faculty as um, not working hard enough. Um, I think they're all working hard. Um, but things do build up. But we're now at a point... A year ago, we weren't on the front page of the New York Times. Um, we we were not in The Guardian. Um, we wouldn't be... Well, we probably had, would have some conversations with CCO Radio and others, but um, we're... Um, AAUP is coming in um, to the American Association of Universities pre- professor to investigate the um, academic freedom issue. So there's just, I mean, there's a lot of things. And, and I, we, do, um, we do value in, in higher education, academic freedom is a cornerstone, cornerstone as well as recognizing freedom of religion. Um, and we're a very diverse campus, and we want to make that welcoming. I, I, do, I will say one thing we need to work on is, the faculty, we need a much better relationship and connection and understanding of our students of color. Um, but I think we can, the, the students and faculty can work to improve the teaching that goes on and, and improve the environment and the safety. Jim, thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Jim Scheibel, making news, saying if President Miller remains on, he wonders about the viability of Hamlin University five years from now. Will students attend? Will they be able to raise money? Looking at other faculty members and their questions about uh, President Miller raising money before and her interaction with students. Uh, pretty declarative statement on the viability of Hamlin because of this. And again, I think she mishandled it. I think uh, clear judgment should have been used. But to question, and again, he lives it every day, to question if Hamlin is going to exist, that seems awfully dramatic to me. We're going to have just a little bit of time. You want to send a text and react to what the former mayor of St. Paul had to say? We definitely take a look at it. I'd love to hear from you. 651-461-9226. This might be my favorite. Uh as we said earlier on Hamlin, Dave Erga, if they don't do the measured response, I mean, it's adjunct professor, get out of here, even though she did everything right. Then it's, uh, we came to our senses, and we're backpedaling. And now Jim Shabble's trying to convince the audience here that unless the president is gone, he's not sure the university will exist in five years. 
That seems like a lot of hyperbole. She screwed up. I believe that. I don't believe for one second the university will not exist in five years if she's still there. Jason Narusha is next. Enjoy the afternoon. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. 